This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. We're going to do Where's Your Sinai Part 2. I tried to get to Where's Your Sinai last week and got caught up in the lesson and didn't get to my main point. And after I get into the lesson this morning, you'll probably say, what does that got to do with Sinai? Because we're going to be talking about mainly Mount Gerizim. What do we know about Mount Gerizim? And that is going to... But the Sinai part, we'll end up back there uh, probably the next time. But where is your Sinai is... Basically, where is your hiding place? Where is it that you can go? No cell phone, no music, no people, all quiet, where you can run back to and get on your knees and get in touch with God. Because see, Sinai, we all know that uh, that was where God first talked to Moses and said, go deliver my people. They were delivered and came back there. And they came back there, God gave him the Ten Commandments, God told him how to build the Ark of the Covenant that was built there, told him the dimensions of the tabernacle and told him that this is what I want, this is where I want, this is the tabernacle, this is how it is, and they tabernacled all the way up to when they built the temple. But we'll get back to this when we get closer to, to Elijah and Mount Carmel. After Elijah had uh, destroyed the prophets of Baal and Jezebel put a price tag on his head, the Bible said he traveled 40 days back to Sinai to get in touch with God. And we're going to get to that later. So Sinai was called the mountain of God. But the, when I said, when I was saying, where is your Sinai? Where do you run when you're in trouble? Now, I'm not talking about the kitchen table. I thank you for the food. I'm not talking about, Lord, bless the service, bless this and bless. I'm talking about when you really need something. I'm not talking about just regular prayer. I'm talking about when you need God, where do you go? Or do we go anywhere? Do you have a sign in your life where you can say, okay, and, and this is where we find our answers. Uh, I was asked, this is not part of it, I'm going to go here real quick. I was asked, you know, the Bible says That in heaven there's not going to be any liars. No part of liars. Now, that's it. I was given a scripture on it. I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it. Let's see, Revelation. This is not part of the lesson. Let's go to Revelation 21 here. And uh, I think it's in here. Yeah, verse uh, 27. And there shall in no wise enter in anything to defile itself, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. So who's who's going? I was asked, who's going to heaven? Well, the Bible in the scriptures is where you find answers when you're oppressed with it. There's other scriptures that they was asking, nothing that enters in that will make a lie is going to come in. Well, we all lie. You can be going down the road uh, 80 miles an hour in a 45, and you see a cop up ahead, you're going to slow it on down and pass him like you're going 45. That's a lie. That is a right-out lie. Because you know good and well, every one of us lie probably every single day of our life. 
Does that mean we don't go to heaven? Well, let's look at 1 John real quick. 1 John. I'm sorry, this is not part of the lesson this morning. I'm just saying that this is all about where is, where is your sign. I'm 1 John 2. Verse 22. The scriptures define what a liar really is. 1 John 2, verse 22. Who is a liar? This is not talking of every one of us lie. This is not, that's not what this, what, what, when, when, when they said, when the Bible says, there'll be no liars in heaven. Or what maketh a lie? This is what a liar is. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. So that sums it up right there. That, that is what the end result of is those the false doctrines, the false teachers, those that deny that Jesus is the Christ. That's the liar that Christ is talking about in the revelation that there's not going to be any liars in heaven. There's not going to be anybody that, that that worships a false god. Okay, so we're going to now jump back to the lesson. I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> I was just asked it. And so when somebody asks you something, if we don't know what's in here, the Bible says be instant in season and out of season. And this is, this is part of your Sinai. When you run and hide, if you ask God something, He's... He's not going to verbally talk to us. This is how we get our answers. We, we have to ask Him, Lord, show me. Show me. Show me. And this is how He talks to us. And uh, so we're going to get into a little bit more here. Let's go to, uh, we're going to be talking about Gerizim this morning, Mount Gerizim, before we bounce back to Sinai. Okay, what, as they were traveling to Canaan, to the Promised Land, Right before the internet, Gerizim is a mountain that's in Israel. It used to be an old, the old capital of, of Israel, North Israel. Just short of that, I'm not going to get into the part where God told Moses he couldn't go in, but God had told Moses he couldn't get in. The people wanted water, and he said, speak to the rock. Moses struck the rock, and God said, okay, because you disobeyed, you can't go. But before he went, before they reached that mountain, the Lord gave them specific directions. Yeah, give the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the cursing on Ebal. Ebal is a different... Is, is a, Samaria is divided into... is a city that's in on Gerizim and is divided into two parts. Ebal and Gerizim. So let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11 right now. This will all make sense in a minute. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 29. This, this is, uh, well, let's go to uh, chapter 11. Yeah. Verse 26, and we'll start there. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord. Your God, but turn aside your way, which I command you this day to go after other gods which are not known. 
And this is God talking to Moses. When you come, when it, it shall come to pass when the Lord God had brought you in unto the land, whithersoever thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim. You see that? That's going to be important here in a minute because this is where the divide between the Jews and the Samaritans came. And a curse upon Mount Ebal. And, and they are not on the other side of Jordan, by the way, where the sun goeth down into the land of the Canaanites, which dwelt the champion over against Gilgal in the plains of Moab. My point there is, is they came to the thing. God says, okay, when you get there, I want you to put the blessings on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Ebal. And there's going to be a divide there. It's going to be like this. Okay, people that decide here, all of, all of the battles and all of the trouble and all of the tribes that were against Israel were lined up on that side. And so he took half of the tribes of Israel, said, I want you, I'll give you the names of those, those tribes that stayed on Ebal to curse this mountain. December the 19th, they uncovered a lead made out of lead and bronze. Uh, I mean, I wrote it now. I have to get to Anyway, the, the cursing, they uncovered it. The archaeologist on Ebal. I'm going to have to get to that in a minute but because I don't want to jump ahead in all these pages. And they, they, then the other half of the, the other eight tribes of Israel were on Gerizim. And God, and they pronounced the blessing. Moses stayed back, gave the torch to Joshua to lead them on, and they moved on behind them. The blessing on Jerusalem, the curse on Ebal. Okay. Deuteronomy, let's go to 27. Deuteronomy 27. We're going to cover, after I get through these scriptures, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a really good lesson. I'm, I know I'm not going to finish it, but it's a really good lesson. Verse 27. Chapter 27, rather. Verse 1. And Moses with the elders of the Israel, Israel commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you, and it shall be on the day when you shall pass over Jordan into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt set up great stones and plaster with them with plaster. And thou shalt write upon them all the words of the law when thou, pa- when thou art passed over, that thou mayest go into the land which the Lord thy God have given thee, a land flowing with milk and honey. Therefore it shall be when you go over Jordan that it shall set up these stones which I command thee this day. And Mount Ebal thou shalt plaster them with plaster. And thou shalt build unto an altar unto the Lord God to build an altar of sacrifice right here. This will be important here in a little bit when we get to why there's such hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. It's, it's, this is a really good lesson we're going to get to. Thou shalt build the altar of the Lord thy God with whole stones, and thou shalt offer burnt offerings thereupon unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt offer peace offerings and shalt eat thereof and enjoy, rejoice before the Lord. Rejoice before the Lord. Thou shalt write upon the stones of the words of the law very plainly. And Moses and the priest and the Levites spake to all of Israel, saying, Take heed and hearken, O Israel, this day. Thou art come before the people of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt therefore obey the voice of the Lord thy God and do his commandments and his statutes, which I command this day. And Moses charged the people the same day, saying, These shall stand upon Mount Gerizim, 
to bless the people when they will come over Jordan. Simeon, Levi, Judah, Iskar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these tribes shall, these, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, these shall stand upon, these tribes of Israel shall stand upon Mount Ebal to curse it. Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan, and Naphtali. And all the, and the Levites shall speak unto the, to all the men of Israel, cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image, an abomination unto the Lord, who worked the hands of craftsmanship and put it in a secret place. And then he goes through all the curses where he's cursing anything that's antichrist. Okay, now let's go to Joshua chapter 8. And we'll move through a little more scripture. It took a little bit of work to put this one together. And, uh, so let me get through the scriptures first, then I'll get into some real meat. Joshua chapter 8, verse 33. And all the children of Israel that Moses had left, Joshua is now in charge. Okay. Verse 30, rather. Well, let me see. Let me back up here. To verse 8 at first. Chapter 8, verse 1. Lord said to Joshua, fear not. Now see, let me back up a little bit to, to say this. Where they had come, right before they got there, I want to make sure I got this one right. Because I want to cover the sin of Achan. Okay, Joshua had just destroyed the city of Jericho. Let me back up a little bit. And God says, I don't care what it is. You don't take nothing with you. No spoil or nothing at all. Destroy the city and move on. They destroyed it. Achan, however, took some spoil and hid it. And I'm going to get to that. And all of a sudden, they come to the next battle where Ai was. And they sent just, man, God's God has got this. Just sent 3,000 men. And these people destroyed these 3,000 men. And they came back and all the people said, man, man, we're scared to death. What in the world happened? So Joshua ran his close and he said, something's wrong, Lord. You said you were going to deliver them in my hand. What happened? He said, they're sending the camp. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. So basically what had happened, they had, Rahab, they had got them all out safe. And, and, and anyway, God destroyed that city. Okay, verse 7, chapter 7 of, of, of Joshua. The children of Israel came, committed a trespass and the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Kamai, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah took the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the whole tribe. A lot of times you can get something that will surface in, the, in a ministry and one person, all of a sudden stuff starts festering, stuff starts festering and all of a sudden a big thing comes out of a little thing because one or two people are, are against or are, are in rebellion. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethel, on the east side of Bethel. 
He's making them go and view the country. Well, I just said that. That's basically what had happened. They got destroyed. The 3,000 men. I'm going to flip ahead. After they found out and found out the trust, the trespass, Joshua said to his people, sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the people. That's verse 13 of chapter 7. Sanctify the people and sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord, there's a cursed thing in the midst of it. He's talking personally to Joshua. O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the accursed thing from you. And this is a perfect example about that if a, if a man or a woman holds iniquity in their heart, he's, God said he's not going to hear you. So he's saying, look, you got to figure out, you, you got to stand them all up and figure out where this problem is. Somebody in here has hid sin in their heart, took of the accursed thing, took of the the, the the gods of these people and brought them into the camp. And I said, don't do it. Okay, so this is where we are. So anyway, they, he got the whole, all the people there, all the people of Israel together, one by one, one by one. Let me look you in your eyes. You know, this is this dissension. Pastor's been in this business a whole lot of times. He can discern a lot of times the hearts of people. God gives them these leaders special gifts to where, you know, you, you can look at somebody and uh, you can you can pierce their eyes and find out what something isn't right. Okay, so anyway, let's go to verse 17. And he brought the family of Judah and took the family of the Zerites and he brought the family of Zerites man by man. And Zabdi was taken and he brought the household by man by man and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerai, the tribe of Judah was taken. Joshua said unto Achan, My son, I give, I pray thee, to the Lord God of Israel and make confession. He could look at him. You can, he was hiding. You know, oh no, now it's my turn. Had to come up there and you could see guilt all over him. Okay, God was going to destroy the entire tribe. It was going to destroy them all. But God said, find out who it is, find out where it is, and burn them. And Achan answered to Joshua, verse 20, I indeed have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. I saw this among the spoils of the godly Babylonian garments and took 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels, and I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. So basically what they said, okay, we can't move on. Here's the problem. So they, 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 all the people of their stone, these, this whole family, all the cows, everything they had and destroyed them. I'm paraphrasing Nick so I can move on with the lesson. So anyway, they, they destroyed them and now they're moving on. Jericho has been destroyed. Now the, the, the kingdom of, of Ai had been wiped out. And it came to pass when all the king, verses chapter nine, and it came to pass when all the kings which were on the hill of Jordan hills in the valleys of the coast of the great sea of Lebanon, let's skip to verse two, that they gathered themselves together to fight with Joshua in one accord with Israel. Now here's the greatest kingdom. These are the Gibeons, which was a great nation, said, I've just seen what God can do. If we don't join with these people, they're going to wipe us out. 
So they joined with them and, and it come to find out the people were angry about that. So Joshua said, okay, when you're coming here, you're going to be the, doing all the work. You're going to be cutting the wood. You're going to be building the cap, caps, the houses. You're going to be workers if you're going to lead with us. I'm skipping ahead so I can get to my main part of my lesson, which is really exciting. Okay. The, I'm going to skip ahead real fast here. Okay. What happened? The, the Samaritans, I'm going to skip ahead because you got Gerizim on one side, Ebal on the other. God had put the blessings of, of, of on Gerizim. Through a course of time, some of the Samaritans stayed back, but they were half Jews. When they, when they got into Jerusalem and the Promised Land, the Jews considered the Samaritans half-breeds. They were mixed. They wouldn't let them come and worship with them. They wouldn't let them come. And so the Samaritans went back to Gerizim and built a mock temple. And parts of those remains are today. It became a very sacred mountain to them. And the Samaritans built their own temple, which, which the Jews considered pagan. Now, pagan is one holding religious beliefs other than the sound doctrine, other than the law. Anything that was outside of the law, which they had given, was, was pagans. And so they considered the Samaritans pagans. And I'm going to get, I'm going to show you the scripture on this in a minute. And the Jews considered the pagan, and, and it feared, the feud just continued to fester. And when they crossed over the Jordan River, rather than go back through Samaria at any time, they would rather swim across, the, walk, wait across the Jordan River and go a long ways around. They wouldn't even go through Samaria. The Jews hated the Samaritans, and thus the Samaritans hated the Jews. Some believed that, and the, the Samaritans believed that it was a sacred mountain upon which the blessing was delivered. So in their eyes, they were right. The blessings was given on Gerizim. Gerizim, Samaria is right there in, on the mountain of Gerizim, the city of Samaria, which is in Israel. It's on the northern banks, or the west bank, in the northern part of Israel. It was part of it. Some believe that the sacred mountain, which was, which was delivered by divine decree, a claim in that the Samaritans believe overrided that of the, the temple of Jerusalem. These Samaritans believe that temple is pagan. And infuriated the Jews. The, the Samaritans built their own temple and they said, you know, you're wrong. We're right. And it was a conflict the entire time. Gerizim is where the Israelites were commanded to sacrifice upon entering into the land of Canaan. So that sacrifice came and that sacrifice continued in some even to this day. The Samaritans claim that they are the descendants and they have Levites that were half-breeds as well, the Levites. So they had their priests. And they set up their whole little thing there and they did their own sacrifice on the temple there, their own little temple, their own little tabernacle, and they that's where they worshipped. They couldn't, wouldn't even go to Jerusalem, didn't want nothing to do with Jerusalem. So when, the, when we get to the story about the Samaritan woman, you know, she's just, she's just coming through, she's just a Samaritan woman getting water. In Hebrew, the Samaritans are called Shamroan, which means inhabitants of Samaria. The Jews called them half-breeds and sent them to Samaria. Just kicked them out. Okay. 
Let's go to First Kings chapter one, chapter sixteen, real quick, and then we're going to flip to the other part. Let me see. First Kings chapter sixteen. Sixteen verse twenty-four. In the thirty-first year of Asa, a king of Judah, began Omri to reign over Israel. Twelve years, six years reigns in Tisra, and he bought the hill Samaria and Shema for two talents of silver and built on the hill and called the name of the city which he built in the name of the owner of the hill of Samaria. But Omri wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than all that were before him. Okay, Omri had Ahab. Ahab and Jezebel. We're going to get next week with that story about Elijah, Mount Carmel, and all that. I'm not, this is where that story begins right here. Where Ahab and Jezebel. And then the, the, the prophets of Baal came up to Carmel and, and Elijah. We're going to get into that story on Mount Carmel. That's coming with the next mount, but I don't want to get further here in the scripture because that's taken away from the next, the, another lesson. So Ahab had Jezebel and, and Elijah destroyed the prophets of Baal. Ahab, uh, Jezebel put a price tag on Elijah. And so this is the story where Elijah runs back to Sinai. That's going to be coming up. We're going to go back to Sinai further down. Okay. Now, there's seven more scriptures I don't have time to turn to, but let's go to John chapter 4. That was just a little history on this, what I'm getting ready to talk about now. And you can look all this up to, as yourself. If you just study, if you just Google Samaria, just Google it. Why the Jews hate Samaritans? Why the Samaritans hate the Jews? Where is Samaria? You can, all of this stuff I'm reading is just study that, I've, that I'm not going to have time to get into all, but you can Google the rest of it. But Samaritans worshiped there and at, on that temple, that's where they worshiped. And so here in John chapter four, Jesus comes on the scene here. John chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus and made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. He must needs go through Samaria. He had one thing on his mind. He knew that he was a Jew. He knew the Jews hated the Samaritans. He knew that all, all the Jews were going to cast stones at him in their heart. You're, why are you going with these pagans? Why you? We don't even go through there. You can imagine all the disciples. Okay, verse 5. He came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's will was there. And Jesus therefore being wearied in his journey sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. This is Mount Gerizim. This is where we are today. Samaria is on Mount Gerizim where the original blessing, God says, okay, Moses, command Joshua, put all the blessings on Gerizim. Put all the cursing on Ebal. Build an altar on Gerizim. 
sacrificed there. So in the heart of these Samaritan people, when they went, when they ended up through a course of time going to Jerusalem and building a temple, in their heart, no, the blessing's not there. The blessing is here in Jerusalem. And so the feud festered even harder because they built their own sacrifice in Samaria, their own temple. Okay, verse uh, 7. Then cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. His disciples were gone away unto the city to buy me. We don't know at this point if Jesus had sent them. We don't know if, if, if he's, you know, cause he didn't want any kind, he was going there for one purpose. To seek and to save that which was lost. One lost sheep. He could see this ahead of time. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which is a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. This was just a strange thing that you're a Jew. You hate me. Why are you even talk? Why are you even in Samaria? I'm a half breed. You, you, are you here? You know, so you can imagine what's going on in her heart. Probably in, in years, the first Jew that's ever come through there. Okay. Jesus answered the son of her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith unto thee to give me a drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Thou hast nothing to draw with. The well is deep. From whence then hast thou living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave this, this well? And drank of himself and his children and his cattle. And Jesus answered him, Whosoever drink of the water, I shall... Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever that drinketh of the water that I shall give, that I, that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 15 of chapter 4. Then the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. She was looking for something physical. She said, I'll take that. I'll take the free lunch. I'll take it. Yeah, if I don't have to feed my cattle anymore, if I don't have to bring water back to the city anymore, I'll take all of that you got. Give it all to me. I want it all. She didn't understand. Then the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Wait a minute. Hold on just a second. Let's back up verse 16. Jesus said, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus answered her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. You're shacking up. And that saith that truly. The woman said unto her, him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Here you go. Mount Gerizim, Samaria. Our fathers worshipped here in this mountain. And I say and say, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. See, you're saying go to Jerusalem, but our fathers worshiped here. They said set up here. They said worship here. That we're here. Why, you know, you're, you're wrong. 
Our fathers worshipped here and gave us this mountain, gave us this well, gave us this place to worship. And you're telling me that we ought to go to Jerusalem. And Jesus, and so she, Jesus begins to explain. Jesus said, a woman, believe me, the hour coming when she shall neither in this mountain nor Jerusalem worship the Father. He didn't put her down for worshiping there. He didn't say, you're wrong. He didn't point fingers and start debating this late. No, no, no. You got to go to Jerusalem if you want to worship. Jesus is trying to explain to her that the temple worship is coming to an end. That the temple sacrifice is over. That, that the time now when, when is where it don't matter where, where's your side eye. It don't matter where you worship. If your heart is right and you can come to the Holy Father and you can worship Him in spirit, that's your son. Here she is. Verse 21. Jesus said unto the woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye worship, and ye know not what. And you know not what. We now... We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is. Jesus is trying to tell her, now is the hour. My time has now come. When true worshipers, that's you and I, that's us, true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit. You know what that is? That's a powerful thing, folks. That one verse right there sums up grace in a nutshell. It don't matter. You can be in your car driving. You can be at home in your closet. I don't mean the little closet. Nobody goes in the closet anymore unless that's where you go to pray to get alone. It doesn't matter where you are. True worship is from the heart. And, and this right here is how we get our answers. When we worship, we gotta have this. We can praise God and worship and we're seeking. We're looking. We need an answer. Lord, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what. You've got to show me, oh Lord. You can't just sit there and say, okay, I'm waiting for the lightning bolt. No, you gotta get into here, folks. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will guide. The Holy Spirit will teach. The Holy Spirit, this is sharper than any two-edged sword. This can win any battle. You Every answer to life. Breath, death. Now we're going to get to uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. That's that's one of my favorite mountains. You know why? Peter, James, and John were on that mount, and this sums it up. For I had a guy back there who was a truck driver one time. How do you know when somebody dies that they're just not in the ground, soul sleeping? I said, I can sum it up in one little story, sir. I said, if you be- do you believe every word in this Bible? Now, I'm not talking about the transfiguration. This is a different lesson. I get to that. Do you believe every word? Do you believe every word? Yeah, yeah. I said, okay, well, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John went up to Jesus. And the Bible says there appeared unto him Moses and Elijah. Moses had been dead for a thousand years. They recognized him. There he was. Now the preacher told, I've had a discussion with him, you know, Moses, that was, at that time, Moses was allowed to go into Canaan 
for the first time. He couldn't go before. But now he's he's back. There's Moses and Elijah. That's a perfect example of somebody that did and they came back. Elijah was transcended up. That's a perfect example. If we go up in the rapture, there's somebody that didn't experience death. They came back and there was Jesus with a transfigured body standing right before him in his glorified body, which was after the resurrection. A picture of life after death, life after rapture, and a glorified Christ. And we're going to get to that later, but I'm just, I don't know why I got on milk. <laughs> but we're, we're going to get there. Here's where it is. Verse 24. Verse 23, the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Not, not to throw cast and stones like you can't worship with us. You know, I was, I grew up in a church where if somebody came in with long hair, holes in their jeans, and that's all they had, nobody knew. People, you know, people got saved, but they would, they were Samaritans to the church I grew up in. You know, that's one thing I love about this church. It don't matter what you wear. Why not? You come in here and worship God. It doesn't matter what you wear, what you look like, what you, it doesn't matter. You're welcome. You're not a Samaritan in this church. There's nobody going to sit there and say, you can't come in here. You sit out there. There's nobody going to do that. And that's what kind of church I grew up in. It was, it was all about the show. Oh, you can't wear pants if you're a girl. Oh, you can't have you. They come. We had a preacher, the deacons in the church, not the preacher, would come by and measure the hair on me and my brother's ears. Oh, you, brother Jimmy, you got to cut that boy's hair. That's we grew up in a very legalistic church. We got out of that. We, I mean, we we got out of that because there's no room for Samaritan people. Being rejected in any ministry. We're getting, we're gonna move on here. Man, wow. Verse 24. And God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So he's trying to tell her, the temple means nothing. Where's your heart? Where's your mind? Where are you spiritually? Are you in the condition to truly Truly worship Him. Because you got to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And we can't sit there and put on a show in front of these people and just pretend we're in here worshiping. Is Sunday the only time we worship? Is Sunday the only time we read our Bible? Is Sunday... Hey, when we go out there, and out there, right there, that's where the worship is. It's easy to come in here and, and, and look good and, and smile. But when we get out there, that's the real world. That's the dog fight, people. Let me tell you something. I fight it every single day of my life. Just not a day goes by that I don't battle. I don't judge. We're saying, yeah, I do. You follow me on the road sometimes and you look, wow. I pass, I don't judge you to say you're going to hell or dying. But if you pass a cornfield, I don't have to get out the car and say, oh, there's a cornfield. No, I can pass by and I can put a judgment on it. That's a cornfield. I identified it by its fruit. There's a difference in passing judgment and judging. And uh, that's, let me move. I'm running out of time. I'm throwing a lot of other stuff here. The woman said unto him, no, no. I know that Messiah is coming. 
which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. Look, I don't understand what you're telling me. We're going to temple worship here. We're going to, when, when Christ comes, he'll, he'll tell us. I don't know what to think about you being a Jew coming through here telling me I don't need to worship in my temple. And I don't know what, I don't know what you, but when Christ comes, he's going to be the one that tells us what we can and what it is and lay down the rule. Verse 26. Jesus said unto her, I that speak to thee am he. And upon this came his disciples. And he marveled. His disciples, what did they do? They hated the Samaritans. See, this is the first time they had been, they were looking for Jesus. The only reason that they went to Samaria is because Jesus had told them, look, I need to go to Samaria. We're not going there. I'm going to get the food. Why is he going to Samaria? I can hear him all like, what in the world is Jesus going to Samaria for? Them are no bunch of half-breeds. They, they don't even come and they don't even know how to worship. They're going against the law. They're doing it. And why is Jesus going to them half-breeds? And upon this, his disciples came and marveled that he even talked to the woman. Marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, Why seek, what seekest thou and why are you talking to her? But Jesus knew their heart. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows your heart. He knows your heart. He knows the intent of our heart. He knows what we're thinking. He knows what we're doing. These disciples sit there and they say, man, why is he talking to her? Why are we even here? We hate these people. They literally hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans with a little burning hate hated the Jews. This woman was in awe that this Jew even was there. Now they're surrounded by them, 12 of them. Why talkest thou with her? They didn't say that. But they thought it, and Jesus knew it. i got to close with this. The woman then left her water pot and went her way to the city. She didn't just leave. She was running. When Christ said, I am he that's talking to you. Oh, that's why you're here. You are the Christ. You are the one. And so she went back to the town. I gotta finish. I'm gonna pick up with this later. The woman then left her water pot and ran away to the city and said to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Now let me tell you something. He didn't just sit there and tell her you got five husbands and the one you're shacking up with is not your husband. When she says, He told me all things, all things, the Bible says not everything Jesus did and said is not in here. I believe he sat down and that woman said, yeah, you were born here. You were born here. You got five sisters. You got four. You got a brother. You got a dad. You got here. This is where you grew up. This is where you went to school. This is what you did when you were a kid. And I believe, I believe when it says this, come see a man that told me all about me from birth to grave, from birth to now. Come see a man that told me everything that no way in this world he could know it unless this is the Christ. It has to be. And there's all the men but Marvel, I've got to stop. I don't want to. Believe me. It's deep. I'm going to have to finish. I'm going to keep wondering. You know, I had to go with the way the Lord wanted me to go. And we are going to uh, take our time because it's good to understand the Scripture. It's good to understand. You know, when you think about Mount Gerizim, you don't think about all this that went on on that mountain. Because charism means nothing. 
Samaria does. And so I'm going to close with that. Just keep in mind, where is your Sinai? Where is your place of hiding? Where do you hide? Where do you run? And I'll close with that. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.